Everyone, uh, we're here today with uh, Kurt Theodore Wise. Uh, we're doing interviews for our podcast, uh, the Heartway Podcast. And so uh, I would just like to in- let him introduce himself. We're here in Alvin, Texas at Alvin Bible Church where he's pastoring. So uh, if you could introduce yourself, let us know a little bit about yourself and, and what you do here. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, as you said, Kurt Theodore Wise, not the Kurt Wise, who's the uh, paleontologist. People have uh, made the mistake. I, in fact, I've been at uh, conferences and had people walk up and say, see my name tag, Kurt Wise, and say, hey, I use your material. And I said, not my material, you know, because <laughs> I don't have anything published. But uh, uh, So anyway, it's not that Kurt Wise. Kurt Theodore Wise, pastor at Alvin Bible Church, uh, married, got a couple kids. I started late in life. Yes, I'm old. And uh, so anyways, uh, I've been pastoring here for about 11 years and uh, started out in apologetics ministry after I graduated from seminary and then moved into pastoral ministry. And uh, of course, our topic today is, is biblical counseling. Uh, those two kind of go hand in hand. Apologetics are useful in, in counseling, uh, especially when you get someone who, who becomes obvious that they're not saved, that they're not a believer, and you use the uh, apologetics to, to bring them uh, to Christ, to answer their questions, uh, you know, help them work through their issues. And so, anyways, been been doing ministry here for, like I said, 11 years, do, been doing counseling throughout that time, but I started counseling as soon as I got saved, I mean, uh, as soon as I knew that Jesus was Lord and, and all my issues began to resolve, I started helping people uh, right away. And, and so I've been done, done a lot of informal counseling throughout the years. And then only since I became a pastor, really began to formalize that with some uh, training in biblical counseling. And I had to say up front, I'm not a certified biblical counselor. I have not pursued certification just simply because of time. Uh, but I have been through a lot of the training, and the training was immensely helpful uh, to direct my counseling. Uh, in the past, yes, I went to Scripture, but it was just kind of haphazard. I didn't have a methodology, didn't have any way of really bringing all that together. And so once I went through some formal training, it really helped to, to bring all of my biblical knowledge and apologetics and worldview and all that together to minister God's Word to an individual so that I could help them. But, so that's, right. that's how I kind of got involved in biblical counseling. That's great. Yeah, thanks for explaining that. Um, yeah, I guess for your, for your viewers, if you post this online, because we're, we're videoing today, not just uh, doing the audio recording as normal. So uh, I'll, I'll tell just a, a second, introduce myself. So I'm Jody Vesley. Uh, I was a missionary with my family in St. Petersburg, Russia for seven years. Uh, my, I have a wife, Gabby, and we have three children, so we're all there. But now we've relocated back to the U.S., and now we live in Alvin. Uh, we're sent out of a church in Angleton, right down the road, um, Greater Heights there. And uh, now we do uh, Russian ministries online, and we're doing this Heartway ministry as caregivers for uh, pastors and missionaries and their families. And so uh, this podcast is to encourage uh, ministers to... Um, to help them think a little bit outside of the box, just some things that are applicable for them to reflect on, to think about, to consider in their personal lives and their ministries to encourage them. And so um, that's, that's why we're doing the, the subject of biblical counseling today. I was exposed to this subject uh, just about two years ago now, and uh, I am pursuing ACBC certification. I'm in that process. Uh, it's been a, a really nice 
process so far. Kurt's kind of guided me to some materials, uh, which I'm thankful for. And, and we met um, through uh, Daryl Roberson, actually, at, uh, who, who attends Revive, which is a, a college uh, student Christian ministry. And so Daryl is the worship leader at Greater Heights. And so uh, we were talking one day about biblical counseling. I was talking to him and he mentioned your name. And so uh, that's how, you know, we originally got in touch. Yeah, so. I, I know Daryl from when I was the director at Revive. And, uh, and so uh, he's a good guy and a uh, great connection. Yeah, I'm glad he, he uh, got us connected so we can kind of partner in this endeavor and, and counseling yeah, people and bringing the, the word of God to their life, helping them uh, really grow and learn uh, and experience Christ in the, in the way they should. Really. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh, so yeah, let's get started with the questions. Our first question is, um, well, how is counseling biblical? Because, you know, we think sometimes of counseling in a psychological sense. Uh, and, 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 and I've even heard people say, well, you know, I'm not here. I'm, I'm, I don't want people to, to mess with my mind. That's not a, a biblical thing. So how uh, is counseling biblical? Well, the, the scriptures have several references to having good counsel and that kind of stuff. Uh, in our modern culture, of course, counseling has taken on a very different meaning, a, di a very significant uh, role in dealing with people who have, quote, mental disorders, that kind of thing. And, and so it's taken a professional uh, role in our, in our society, in our community. And mostly counseling has been based in secular ideology and stuff. And so sometimes people look at that and they identify counseling solely with the secular psych psychotherapies, you know, psychology. And, and even with Christians who try to integrate that, they look at that and say, well, I'm not sure you should integrate. Uh, I just need the Bible and I don't need counseling. Uh, because I'm not insane, I'm, I don't have a mental disorder, uh, and I, I think it's a disservice to our society that that the professional counseling movement has uh, co-opted the idea of counseling, because counseling is a biblical concept, and all it means is really just direction and uh, finding advice, getting uh, input into your life. Uh, and so this idea of the professional class that takes on the role of counselor, uh, especially when they tie it to the medical issues, people, if they don't have serious problems like schizophrenia or something like that, they're like, ah, I don't really, that's not me, I, I don't need that. But the truth is that the Bible is clear that everyone needs counsel, we all need advice, we all need instruction, and, and we all need input from God's Word to know how to live, to know how to appropriate the blessings of God in our life. And, and I would say that, that really, I describe counseling this way from a biblical perspective. Counseling is uh, emergency discipleship. Mm. Someone's in crisis, their marriage is in crisis, uh, they, they cannot, they're, they're stuck, they're, they're falling apart, they need emergency help. They need somebody to come in right then, right there, and speak God's word to them. Discipleship is a, more of a long-term, uh, methodical, slower process where counseling is, let's just dig, dig in and let's resolve this problem as fast as we can, you know, uh, using scripture, administering God's word to that person's life. And so that's, that's kind of how I help people get over the, the counseling label. 
just, just understand it's discipleship is all it really is. But we call it counseling because that's a biblical term. It's, a, it's what we're doing. We're giving counsel. We're giving instruction. Um, we're helping people to see God's word for what it is and how it applies to their life and, and how it actually can transform them and help them overcome these individual issues. Another problem with, uh, with the idea of counseling is that the professional class has co-opted uh, counseling to deal with things that are uh, really sins and they've labeled them as mental disorders mm -hmm. and so they've created a stigma that you know for a lot of people that if you have this sin issue in your life you really have a mental disorder and, and so they don't want to deal with it on that level uh, the truth is most of the mental disorders that that are you know been classified as mental disorders are just sin problems it's just people struggling with sin issues and depression. That's a sin problem. There's some sin issue that's that's resulting in depression, and and so not that depression itself is is sin, but but there's a there's a sin problem that needs to be resolved that will help resolve the the consequence, which is depression. And so when we label depression as a mental disorder, we think that you know that you got to go counseling to a professional to deal, deal with that and maybe a medical issue so they give you some drugs or something when the truth is there's a heart problem that mm -hmm. needs to be dealt with mm -hmm. and so a biblical counselor will address the heart problem mm -hmm. and, and and so a biblical counselor will then be able to resolve the problem that's causing the depression mm -hmm. uh, if the depression is literally not physical and in cases there are you know there's some cases it is literally physical so mm -hmm. uh, and in cases where it's a, a heart issue, which is most of the time, mm -hmm. the, the biblical counselor has something to say from scripture that can help that person. And if they're really in a bad state, then they need counseling. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, discipleship will work you through that. Yeah. You know, good, strong, biblical discipleship will help you overcome depression, help you work through all those problems of life, and put you on the path to walking in the blessing of God. Yeah, I, I like a lot about what you said um, about, you know, getting to the source, getting to the heart issue uh, as a way to address things that we get focused on, those symptoms of the heart issue. And so how do you, like you mentioned depression, how do you know, like when you're doing biblical counseling, is it a symptom of something else or is that the heart issue and then other things are, are caused because of that? Like, because I know sometimes people are depressed and then anger is a, is a symptom of that but other times uh, depression is a symptom and so how do you how do you go about um, you know finding you know what is the heart issue in biblical counseling well uh, it, it takes investigation it, it takes a lot of uh, uh, work I, I use a, a chart that actually helps me a lot <laughs> I got it from uh, I think ultimately it comes from Rich Thompson not sure. Uh, maybe he got it from somebody else in the biblical council. Uh, not the chart, but the, the concepts. And uh, but they've been put, put together in a chart. And I use this chart. Basically, it's simple. Do you love God and love others? If you do, you'll have peace with God. You'll have confidence for God. You'll you'll uh, draw near to God. Uh, if you don't, you'll have guilt. You'll have fear of God, and you'll flee from God. And you'll flee into either sin or uh, irrational beliefs, or you'll flee into good works, you know, trying to prove you're, you're not a sinner because you were lacking in love towards God and towards others, and that, that caused guilt. And so what I try to do with someone who, say, is experiencing depression, I try to, first of all, find out what they're depressed about. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. What causes them to be unhappy? Mm -hmm. Why do they find life to be life to be so sad? Then they'll usually point at something. Mm -hmm. If the something that they're pointing at is a blame game, they're blaming others. Then I know that there's really something going on in the heart issue mm -hmm. that is um, that is. Um, uh, causing them to have this guilt and fear and fleeing and all this stuff. And, uh, but on the other hand, uh, they may actually have a physical problem. Yeah. Um, I know in one case, uh, um, uh, a lady that, uh, I was, that, I'm, that I was dealing with uh, had depression and, uh, and she was, it was inexplicable for her. She didn't know why mm -hmm. she was having depression, but yes. she just had a baby. Yeah. And, uh, and so, and she was feeling just really depressed and, and, and it, and she couldn't, she wasn't blaming anybody. She wasn't, you know, lashing out. She wasn't angry. She was just depressed. Mm -hmm. And so I said, well, it sounds to me like you got postpartum. And so she went back to her doctor the doctor gave her a hormone shot. One hormone shot changed everything mm -hmm. because she had a particular hormone level and I forget the name of the hormone. Uh, that was really low, mm -hmm. and she was having physical symptoms of depression based upon that. But she wasn't blaming people. She wasn't, wasn't what was me. She was perplexed as to mm -hmm. why she was depressed. She didn't yeah. understand it at all. And so, you know, that, that's kind of how I adjudicate that. If there is a problem, if it seems like a physical problem, you send them to the doctor, get a blood test, get, yeah. get things done get some pathology that, that shows you that there's a physical problem. Mm -hmm. And then if you have a pathology, you can actually treat that. You know, if there's something that's wrong that they can measure, you know, a lot of times they say, well, you have a brain imbalance. Well, they can't even measure that. So mm -hmm. how do they know that you have a brain imbalance? Mm -hmm. So uh, if they can measure it, they can maybe treat it. If not, there's probably some underlying source, some, some issue, and you start looking for blame or anger or those kind of things. And so for me, it also goes back to uh, trauma in their life. I started asking about trauma. You know, do you have trauma from your childhood and all that kind of stuff? Now, I don't do that because I want to send them back to their childhood and heal them. Yeah. You can't do that. The past is the past. The problem is they're not, you, you can't change the past. The problem isn't the past. The problem is how they're responding to the past in mm -hmm. the present. And so if they're currently responding with resentment or anger or any of those kind of things to something that happened in the past, then you have to deal with how they're responding now. And a lot of times those kind of, those kind of issues cause depression because they're not right with God. They're having these anger issues, they're having unloving attitudes, which cause them to have guilt, which cause them to have flee, a fear, and they flee. And often people flee into depression. They yeah. just... They just give themselves over to unhappiness. Yeah. And, and so I, I would say that you, you look for any signs that it might be physical. You look for any signs that they're blaming others. You look for any signs of trauma in their past. And it, it, it's, it's investigative work. Yeah. You know, you kind of got to investigate, get in there, figure out what it is that's really going on in their heart. And um, most of the time it's a heart issue. Every once in a while it's a, mm -hmm. it's a physical problem. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, it's an investigation. And so, uh, yeah, I like, we, we've heard now that 
counseling is biblical. Uh, it's a biblical thing. Um, you know, we know that our actions and our words are an overflow of our heart. So when we find our heart issue, that can treat a lot of the symptoms. Uh, I know in our society, we're, we're really fixated on the symptoms a lot. And we want to get just take care of the symptoms, take a, take a quick medicine, do this, do that. Uh, just do some other things, but we just leave that heart issue there. And when the heart issue is left uh, just open and not known about and not repented of, not resolved, then the symptoms will, re, you know, re-manifest themselves in different times, different places, different ways. And so, yeah, so that brings me to my next question. Why go to counseling? Why, if someone is is considering this, like they're out there, they're, they're in debate about, you know, should I go, should I not go? Uh, I don't know if I trust someone messing with me. Well, what do you? What would you say to them? Why go to counseling? Well, if they're a Christian, I'd say they need to go to counseling because they need to be discipled. They need somebody's input into their life. Um, they go to counseling every time they go to church because a, a pastor is ministering the Word of God to their life. And that's what that's what that's what a, a sermon is. It's it's taking God's Word and a and giving it to them, helping them digest it, to understand it, and then apply it to their life in such a way that they can live it out. And that's what counseling is. Counseling is just individualized sermons, if you will. It's just taking a person, finding out what you need to preach about, what you need to, to minister God's Word to them, not preach at them, but, but to give them God's Word in such a way that they can uh, uh, you know, use it in their life to overcome the, the strongholds in their life, to overcome sin, to find happiness and joy and the blessing of God. And so, but you have to direct that specifically. And the only way to do that is to sit down with an individual and talk to them and get at what's really going on in their heart. And so uh, the, 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 the need for counseling is, is there. Everybody needs it. Uh, everybody should go if they're in crisis mode, they should be getting uh, individualized counseling. If not, they need to be in Bible studies. Mm. They, they need to be growing and developing. They need to be uh, applying God's Word on a, on a daily basis. And, and it's, Bible studies are great because you get the group interaction and you're di- being discipled. You need to, some kind of systematic discipleship if you're a Christian, period. Yeah, that's the best way to grow. That's, that's the best way to come to apply God's Word. Uh, just sitting and listening to someone teach. It's, it's good, and God ministers to us that way, uh, but that's not sufficient. It needs to be, there needs to be interaction. And then when, when you're in crisis, when you're really struggling, your marriage is in crisis, or you're really struggling with depression, you, you're not functioning the way you should, uh, maybe you're hurting other people because of your anger or you know, your addiction or whatever, and, and you, need to, you need individualized, focused attention to to address the problem and the counselor is there to do that he the the counselor is there to help you uh, get at what the real problem is but that can only happen in that back and forth conversation but you were you were mentioning that uh you know getting at the symptoms and and uh, i mean uh, that we want to focus on the symptoms and and a lot of times that's what's going on my my marriage is is falling apart and i want to fix my marriage and so people come to marriage counseling to fix their marriage. The marriage isn't the problem. <laughs> it's them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what needs to be fixed is the people in the marriage, not the marriage. Mm-hmm. And so you, you fix the two individuals and the marriage will fix itself. Uh, and so it also goes to something that, we, we, you know, kind of the original question, 
between the professional class and, and you know whether or not we should integrate counseling into to the biblical discipleship model. Well, those who believe that you should bring in uh, psychotherapy and, and psychology and all that, they, they'll argue that there's some useful things that are being done in, in, through science and through you know, case studies and observation and all that. And, and so we should integrate with them. And, and, and the, I was reading one book, the guy was trying to argue that, you know, here, look at this, uh, what we've learned from psychology that we can apply to our counseling. And this is why we should be integrationists. And his evidence was that, that scientists and, and psychotherapists, whatever, have discovered a, 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 a way to overcome a panic, a panic attack. And it's, you know, proper breathing and how to properly breathe to, to overcome a panic attack. And, and so that was the big reason why we should integrate. And I thought, well, that's, that's good. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's fine. That, yeah. that we can learn something from them about how to overcome a panic attack because they've done some research. But they can learn from us how uh, to stop panic attacks altogether. Mm. Because panic attacks are, are an issue of fear. Mm. And fear comes from guilt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so the, the panic attack is rooted in sin and guilt. And, and they're not addressing the real problem. Mm. And so I, I'm not an integrationist, although there may be some things out there that come out of the, psych, the uh, you know, the community of psychologists and psychotherapists that we can, we can say, oh, yeah, that's good stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm not an integrationist because that's not getting at the real heart issue. Mm-hmm. The real heart issue is sin. Mm-hmm. And in 90% of the cases that people are dealing with, quote, mental disorders, mm-hmm. the problem is sin. And it's very subtle. Yeah. It's usually just an unloving attitude mm-hmm. that... that has results down the road. Yeah. Anyway, so oh, okay. so you know we, we want to get really what's going on in the heart, not just the you know the panic attack is a symptom. Yeah, and you treat the symptom, but we want to get to the heart. And so you, people need to come to counseling mm-hmm. to really get at that. Uh, you, you know, often individuals do a great job at trying to work through these things. And I I, I know in one case a a lady. It's kind of offended that I suggested and others suggested that she get some counseling. She's like, well, you're not even giving me credit for all the work I've done mm-hmm. uh, over the years overcoming. And she had serious trauma in her life, serious mm-hmm. rejection. You're not giving me credit for all the work I've done. Well, yes, we're giving you credit, but you could benefit greatly because it was obvious she's still struggling with things like unforgiveness and, and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, if somebody suggests to you that, that you need counseling, don't be offended because they need it too. <laughs> yeah, that brings that brings me to yeah that brings me to a good point. Good 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 counselors are usually being counseled, or they should be being counseled. Good uh, leaders are being coached. Uh, good disciple makers are being discipled. Uh, there's not like some level we reach where we no longer need those things, and so we're all a work in progress. And uh, so we shouldn't think well. You know, I'm at this point where I'm counseling others or I'm helping others or pastoring and shepherding others. I, I don't need that myself or there's no one I can go to for that. Like uh, those listening to our podcast know like I'm here for you guys uh, and my wife is here for, for, for your, your wives and we're all here for your children. And so uh, there's people to go to and there's people outside of us too, other biblical counselors out there. So uh, don't hesitate to reach out. Um, you, you mentioned... Um, that for Christians, why why going to counseling? And you and you mentioned the discipleship element. What about for non Christians? We have some 
listeners uh, abroad, some in Russia, some different people who are still figuring out the whole faith in Jesus thing. And so uh, what about for them? Why, why should they go to counseling? Why should they go to biblical counseling? Well, um, they, they should go to biblical counseling because we have the answers and, and we have answers that can be effective in their life. And of course, a biblical counselor, if they're really doing it as they should, is the first task they're going to have is to help them to know why they should believe in Jesus, why they should receive the gospel, with the, with the idea and understanding that if they do, then it will enable them to overcome the issues they're struggling with, that only the gospel is going to really free them from the bondage that they have to sin and, and, and to the to the various problems that sin brings to their life. And, and so uh, typically I don't uh, find too many professed non-believers coming for biblical counseling. Mm. Uh, what I find is someone who's a very nominal believer. Mm. Uh, even if they're not really identified with a church, Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they they at least somewhat believe there's a God. Mm-hmm. They at least somewhat believe something about Jesus and Christianity. But mm-hmm. that's my cultural context. Mm-hmm. And so when I deal with people, I'm dealing with them. Uh, they're coming, knowing they're coming to a pastor, knowing they're coming to a church. They already kind of have the 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 at least somewhat positive attitude about coming and 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 being ministered to by a pastor and by in a church setting. And so, uh, but what I found is that many of those folks are not saved. Uh, many of them who've been in church all their life. I, I can, uh, one lady I counseled was 70 something years old, been in church all of her life, and she never understood the gospel. Mm-hmm. She'd been in, in a Baptist church and had it preached to her every Sunday, but mm. she never listened to it, never heard it. Mm. And so I had my, and she was just a lady who had a lot of struggles, a lot of turmoil. And my first task was to help her to understand that she was a sinner and that she needed salvation. And, and, and there, you know, she, at one point after we went through a process of, of showing that to her, I gave her a 10-point question exam uh, on how to get into heaven, and it was basically 10 commandments. If you fail any of them, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're, you're going to not make it into heaven. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and so I, I said, uh, uh, how many do you think you'll, you know, what kind of grade do you think you'll make? And, and she said, well, there are 10 points apiece. So, you know, I'll make a 70 maybe. Mm-hmm. And so I went through the Ten Commandments and showed her how she had broken every last one of them. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you know what? You made a zero. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, it took hold, and, and she prayed right then and there to come to Jesus, ask for forgiveness, receive him as Lord and Savior. And the very next week we were talking, and she was like, that was shocking. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It, it shocked her into realizing that, you know, she wasn't, she, I, and I told her, you got to have 100% to get in, and she thought she might make it 70, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so it, it shocked her that she had broken every last yeah. commandment. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's always a, a really awesome realization when somebody finally gets, there's no one righteous. Yes. Uh, and, and when they see that in themselves, like, no, I'm not righteous. I'm not righteous enough. I need Jesus. That's, that's always a great uh, realization. And when people get that, you can really move on from there. Um, there are, you mentioned, and I agree with you, there's 
a, a lot of just nominal believers that will reach out for biblical counseling, not really people who don't have a foundation. Uh, I do agree with that. Um, there's there's a lot. I, like I said, I was in Russia for several years, and yeah, your your context is a little different than yeah. Mine. <laughs> <laughs> there, if there's someone out there who, because uh, because because I went through an experience, uh, this girl reached out to us, uh, tried psychotherapy methods. Uh, those weren't working. So she uh, she had heard about what we were doing and reached out to us for biblical counseling. And ultimately, that went really well. Uh, she reestablished her faith in Jesus. She she grew. She, we found the heart issue. And now she's doing what really well. Um, so if you're out there and you you've, maybe, maybe you're not a real believer or you're not sure if you are, uh, but you've been trying different things and they haven't been working and you've been trying to fix the issues yourself and that isn't working, uh, consider coming to biblical counseling. Uh, I mean, getting to that heart issue, getting to that source, it's, it's, and, 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 and repenting of the sin at the source and, and fixing the issue at the source is so, uh, so refreshing, so beneficial. Uh, and you, and you don't, you're not stuck in this endless routine of dealing with symptoms and that work not working um, and you keep struggling with that um, so yeah I think we've heard some about counseling is biblical uh, why to go to counseling for for everyone listening out there uh, but there may be some ministers out there who are thinking you know uh, I I, they do counsel, and, and they would like to. It's it's a struggle for them to counsel. I've had a lot of guys reach out to me for advice since they found out I'm doing this, and, and say, "Well, how do I address this issue? What resource?" And I've given some guys some resources and and some thoughts to think about. Uh, but for you know someone in who a minister out there who's considering you know improving their counseling or or maybe going the biblical counseling method. Maybe this is a new thing for them. Maybe they haven't heard about this. Uh, what fruits have you seen uh, from biblical counseling in people's lives individually and, and in your church? Well, um, it, this is a great question because uh, uh, the, the thing about biblical counseling is it's effective. It actually works. Now, granted, the person that you're counseling uh, you know, has to receive it, and they have to understand what you're what you're saying to them. But if they do receive it, it is very effective, and in my opinion, much more effective than anything the psychotherapists have to argue, uh, have to offer. And and back to that other point that about um, you know inviting people in. Who yeah, if you've if you've tried everything and your life is still a mess, uh, you know, I, I want to offer Jesus to you mm. because Jesus. It didn't, isn't just a, a teacher. He isn't just some guy giving you some ethics and everything. He, he's a guy who came into this world. He's, he's God coming to the flesh. He, he went to the cross and died on the cross to resolve your sin predicament. He went to the cross in order to deal with the problems that plague you. Uh, the psychotherapist offers you some counseling and some maybe some drugs and uh, you know some medical treatments, but ultimately you don't have that kind of relationship with a psychotherapist, and you don't have that kind of relationship with a biblical counselor either. But a biblical counselor points you to the person that you can have that kind of relationship with, wherein he gives his life for you, and so that's what we're doing. We're offering that to you. If you don't know Christ, if you don't know who He is. Uh, and you don't really understand, or you, you were raised in church, but you kind of got away from it and it never clicked with you, 
Uh, you need to seriously consider uh, the claims that Christ has upon your life. He claimed to be God. He claimed to, uh, to be able to forgive your sins. I believe those claims bear up. I think the evidence is there. And, you know, you can get into some apologetics and, you know, evidences for the faith, reasons why you should believe. But ultimately, you have to make a, a decision. Is Jesus who he claimed to be? And I believe he is. I think the evidence is there. And when you believe that and you come to Christ for forgiveness, that's, that's 90% of the problem right there is just that you need to be forgiven. You've offended God. You, you, you've, you've done things that are contrary to his law and his way. And, and you're in rebellion in, in a fight with him. And you need to come and, and understand how to repair that relationship. And that's part of what counseling is is how to repair the relationship. Once that relationship is repaired, then you begin to work on your individual problems that, that uh, manifest later, you know, or even as, even as Christians that keep, can, you know, manifest things that, like depression or anger and resentment. And, and so you work on those things. But that initial issue, uh, for those who, who are not sure about Christ, that has to be resolved. Mm. And, and you can resolve that in counseling. You can resolve it in a church service. You can resolve it, you know, right now, listening to this podcast. Mm. Uh, you can resolve that relationship, but it helps to have an individual lead you through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and which is what I'd say to pastors, especially pastors who don't counsel or who are, who are uh, timid about counseling mm-hmm. or unsure. I say, guys, first of all, it's a, it's a great way to evangelize. Mm-hmm. It, you, you lead people to Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had numerous people uh, get saved, join the church mm-hmm. even. I've had other people that were going to churches that, that weren't saved. I've got, they, they get saved. I, I send them back to their church to get baptized and tell their pastor they got saved. And, mm-hmm. and so send them back to their pastor. And, and, and I don't have pastors call me up. Uh, mm-hmm. Hey, I've got a, a, a person with bipolar issues. I don't know how to deal with that. And mm-hmm. so they send mm-hmm. them my way and, I, and, and, you know, help them and then send them back. But my, but my statement to that pastor is you can help them. Mm-hmm. You can help them. First of all, you don't need anything but the Bible to help them. Uh, unless they have a, a, their bipolar is truly physical, mm-hmm. uh, it, most time it's not. If they have the Bible, they can minister God's word, even to somebody that's bipolar, mm-hmm. uh, and help them overcome because they're dealing with spiritual problems. That's the key, Pastor. Think of that. It's a it's a spiritual issue that you're dealing with, and who's the spiritual leader in their life? It's you, and and you can minister God's word to them, and you can see fruit from that in people's lives who have changed. There's one lady in, in, in our church that was bipolar. Uh, she wasn't saved. She'd been, been thinking for 30 years she was saved. She gets saved in a moment. She finally cries out to God to, you know, to, to be released from all this stuff. But she still struggles with her, her you know, all the issues, all the baggage. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then, you know, so she comes to counseling and, and her husband comes and because I wanted him to see, you know, what was kind of going on and help him understand what what we were dealing with. And we weren't making much headway. You know, she was saved. She'd, she'd had a radical change, and then she kind of fell back into it. Mm. And we weren't making much headway. And then all of a sudden, one day in counseling, we got at a root issue. Mm. And, and she resolved that root issue and has been different ever since. And this is a woman who was barely functional, mm-hmm. barely able to, uh, you know, she took time to minister to. But now she is ministering. In fact, I've put her uh, as the head of one of our ministries. <laughs> wow. You know, God is doing a work in her life. Awesome. And, and she's, 
you know, she's still got issues to deal with, like mm -hmm. we all do. But, yeah. but uh, uh, that one counseling ch session changed everything for her. Mm -hmm. And so we see the fruit in, in people getting saved. We see the fruit of people's lives being changed. And we see the, the, the fruit and the you know, resources going from someone you're pouring into to someone who's pouring into the church. And interestingly enough, uh, most of the, and I, of course, I have a small congregation, mm -hmm. but most of the people that I counsel are outside of my church. Mm. So I'm having an impact on my community. Mm. Uh, I'm really reaching people that, that often don't come to church. Um, mm. they, they go to a different church that's, in some cases, a very good church, in some cases, not a good church. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but nevertheless, we're having impact in our community, supporting marriages, supporting people, having people get past uh, even things like cutting and all that stuff, you know, and, mm -hmm. uh, it, it just really impacting our community in a, in a positive way. And I know that a church that has a thriving counseling ministry can have that kind of impact in their community. Because while in the church, there's still a kind of a stigma about counseling. The world has lost it. Mm -hmm. The world pretty much has, as everybody goes to counseling. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, uh, uh, and that's one reason why I like to use the word counseling is mm -hmm. because uh, you say to somebody out in the world, hey, why don't you come get discipled? And they're like, well, what are you talking about? Yeah. Wait, come get counseling. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I need counseling, you know. Yeah. So I, I, I would rather use that terminology with them to help them feel comfortable about coming. Um, and so, and then we minister God's word to them and help them, you know, progress in, in, in life. That's, that's really good. That's, you just laid out a ton of benefits. And, and, and how long have you been doing biblical counseling now, approximately? Uh, well, I, I started sometime after I started here. Um, probably, I mean, actually, I might have, I had some exposure to it even before. So, so probably about 11 or 12 years now that I've, I, I kind of played with it a little bit at the first, and then I finally went to some of the mm -hmm. training, uh, and I've probably been doing doing it for a good nine years now. Really, okay. On a, on a, a more formal basis. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I, I, I love just the possibilities, not only in your church, uh, but in the community to, to reach out and, and, and bring the people to the, the real solution for their issues, which is Jesus and, and, and what we hear from God and, and, the, and his word and, and not pointing them to just other things and take Jesus out of the equation. And so um, what, if there's someone out there who's, who's been convicted, uh, a minister out there, he's like, I, I've just been, you know, every person that comes in for counseling, I'm just, you know, giving them to someone else or, or I don't feel qualified to do that. What, what are some initial things um, some initial resources or trainings or conferences that a minister could could consider or think about go to uh, to, to start equipping themselves because you're not you're not certified and a lot of biblical counselors out there aren't but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean really anything in terms of their ability I mean right. uh, you're doing a great work and so um, yeah so what for, for a minister out there what are, what are some resources that they can go to now? well the first the first uh, thing I would send them to would be uh, ACBC mm -hmm. uh, uh, Association for Certified Biblical Counselors and uh, right is that, yeah. that's right mm -hmm. yeah I'd send them there they have some good resources um, and they can um, uh, look at the conference the training schedule and figure out a time that they could get some some good training mm -hmm. um, then Rich Thompson has a book called Biblical Framework Counseling. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah, Biblical Framework Counseling. Yeah. I think is the name of that book. And that's a condensed version of his massive book, which is uh, 
the heart of man and the mental disorders. Now that's a that's a that's a wade through there. That's a yeah. <laughs> that's a massive. It's great material, but it's massive. And there's a condensed version of that. I don't know if it's very very easily accessible, but uh, also if you get um, uh, on some of the biblical counseling sites, you can look up some books. And what I found to be one of the most helpful things is there's a lot of uh, little pamphlets, little booklets mm-hmm. out there that address anger, you know, marital problems, divorce. And, and uh, Lou Priolo uh, has a, a number of these, and his, his material is really good. And they're, they're very accessible, digestible, readable. Uh, in fact, I, I'd at times just read them as my devotional material mm-hmm. because um, they work through problems that mm-hmm. I deal with on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got anger every now and then, so yeah. I, I, you know, I read on these, and, and they're helpful just to remind me of, of where I am. But also, I often keep a, a supply on hand so that I can give those to the people that I'm counseling uh, to give them a resource that they can read that's not a book, Mm-hmm. That's just just enough that they can actually digest it and read it. So I, I would start with with ACBC, trying to get you know familiar with that. Start looking at some of the resources that they recommend, especially the little booklets that are put out by a lot of biblical counselors. Um, Paulison has some. I'm trying to think of another other names, but Lou Priolo, P R I O L O. He has he has uh, a really good uh, set of books that are book pamphlets that are very helpful. Mm-hmm. And in fact. I think his are probably the most helpful to other people when I give them to them, mm. uh, that he really impacts their life. There's one on fear that's been very helpful, one on manipulation that's very helpful, uh, different, different books like that. That's that's great. Yeah, that's a we. I, I you've recommended some of those to me, and I've started. You know, I have some of those now, and I've been reading them and 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 referring people to them in in just a short time period, and have already been really uh, impressed with the impact these little uh, booklets have had. You know, in, in counseling, sometimes we're, we're sometimes we go through a whole book, uh, but sometimes, especially dealing with someone with depression or someone that is just really busy and this is a new thing for them. Uh, or reading isn't really for them. A whole book can be overwhelming to them. Right. But these little booklets, I mean, make it just seem a lot more possible. And yes. so uh, I think they're a great resource. So thanks. And they don't get over too much information. They yeah. get what's really needed. They get the, the heart of the matter. Yeah, yeah. Eliminate the fluff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So, yeah, this has been really uh, beneficial. Uh, I think... Uh, for me, it's been beneficial, and I hope for you guys it's been beneficial. Um, thanks, Kurt, for doing this interview, for being willing to, to take this time to, to help with our podcast, and, and for our listeners out there, uh, thank you guys for tuning in and, and always being willing to, to challenge your thinking, to be open to new things. Uh, maybe you haven't heard of biblical counseling. Well, I hope if you haven't heard of it today, you, you've heard of it and you have a clear understanding of what it is and or maybe, you know, at least open to the idea of it, maybe using it, maybe going and, and getting some help yourself. Um, don't delay in that. I, I think that sometimes we just think, you know, I'm too busy or I'll fix it myself, but from my own personal experience, it's better if you if you go uh, when you're facing the issue and you don't just keep delaying it. That's that's affecting your ministry negatively. That's affecting your family uh, negatively, and so uh, it's better to get to get help and not delay in that. So thanks, Kurt, uh, again for 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 doing this interview, and thank you for all the listeners. I hope it's been beneficial. Uh, this has been the Heartway Podcast, where we help with issues with the source. Thank you, guys. Amen.